When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Random Movie Generator with myself, David L. and David Edwards here, existing along your side. How are you? Not bad, not bad at all. Um, in movie mind zone, yeah. Lots of interesting things to chat about. Lots of interesting recommendations, news, reviews. Yeah. Lots of things to still, um, still, it's still, uh, you're still, still excited about movies. Are you? you? Don't you're not feeling flat about oh, more movies to watch? You still get excited each week. Oh no, I, I think I'm always a, um, a, you know, a tart for the hype. I, I'm very much, you know, you're a hype tart. I'm hyped up. I'm always chasing the movie dragon. I mean, when I finally get to meet the dragon, it can sometimes be a bit of an anticlimax. Yeah. But it's amazing how quickly another sort of, you know, movie dragon kind of pops its head out of the sand. I don't know where I'm going with this metaphor. What would a movie dragon sound like? It would kind of have had a, uh, an American accent like this. And instead of like smoke coming out of its mouth, it'd have a big cigar. And they'd be like, hi, Dave, I got a great movie for you, Mr. Epp. Would you want to come in here? Come in here and it'll usher me into his, like, I don't know, like a caravan or like some Godzilla. kind of... Like Godzilla. I was imagining Godzilla. Yeah, maybe Godzilla. I was thinking more Peter's dragon, sort of like a kind of classic kind of Merlin dragon, but of a New York kind of accent. Roll up, roll up. I got, I got, I got the latest movie. Come on, come on. Take a seat, Mr. Edwards. Where you want to be? Basically, yeah. just um, w- promising me the world that all my worries and regrets will be taken away as I spend 90 minutes uh, in a dark, air-conditioned room looking at these images flicker on the holy screen of cinema. Well, so, David, you went to see a movie last night, and we, we, well, we will, uh, when this comes out, we will have posted your video on Instagram you went to see the movie last night. What was the movie called again? It was a Ken Loach movie. Yeah. Originally, I was going to... I'd actually bought my tickets for The Exorcist. And the reviews have been so appalling that I just couldn't stomach it. I just thought... I had to say to the guy I go with, Ryan, that... um I just, the reviews have been so appalling. It was just like, um it's a new Exorcist film. It's called Believer. And um I think something like The Exorcist... If it's done poorly and not well executed, you just got um, 
young girls in 90s covered in, you know, um, marmalade. You know, at marmalade. Well said. That's the best uh, PG version, marmalade. Just and, use- well, spoiler alert, there was only one other person in there with you. Yes, only one other person, just the three of us, me, my friend Ryan, and a chap in the back row in his mid-70s, dressed a bit like a sort of 1900s lighthouse keeper, big bushy beard, and a um, knitted heavy woolen jumper eating a box of Maltesers, and um, just the three of us. It's The film was the latest Ken Loach movie, so, you know, low-budget social realism film called The Old Oak, and it's supposed to be his last movie. But, I mean, he's threatened to retire many times before. And um, uh, it was it, it was an engaging piece of cinema. I don't want to give my rating straight away because I know the structure of the show. No, well, I think it's nice to know. Well, it's up to you. Yeah, I guess it's uh, keep your cards close to your, uh, your bottom. But close to your nipples, definitely on your chest. So you went there with Ryan. There was one other person, so I guess you could eat chicken and do what the hell you liked. Actually, what's it like when it comes to eating and no one else is in there? I bet you're like, fucking hell, kick my feet out and eat what the fuck I want. Well, I, I probably would do anyway because I'm usually in the front row. And um, Oh, that's true. Is that why you go in the front row? No, it's to avoid other people's eating. But unknowingly, ironically, when I'm eating, it's probably like an absolute slob, like a Viking at a feast. You In the front row, David, you could literally take a little camping table and put it in front of you and just put a little tape. You could eat like that, couldn't you? And no one would... Don't put those ideas in my mind. Do not put that in my head, because you probably could do that, definitely. And also, the Sydney world... Oh, I shouldn't say this, this is controversial... The staff is just primarily like Lord of the Flies. It's all teenagers. So I don't think anyone would bother coming to the front. I could actually do that. I could bring a little table, a little coffee table, one to put my feet up on. I could bring like a little puff, you know, like a um, a little like absolutely steady once again. This is going into carry on territory. Um, a little, little stool for my feet and a flask. Like I'm going fishing. I feel like. really old. I could quite easily do that if I wanted to, and I don't think it'd be embarrassing if there was that one moment where the usher did turn up for some reason because they had to, like, I don't know, fix a light or make sure the fire exit door was locked, and they found me there surrounded in furniture. But um, well, what, what's it about? What's the film about, David? Basically, it's a small community, and um, they used to be a mining town, but the mine has closed down, so they're going through recession, and they're all struggling. To uh, introduce you, I could have guessed this was the opening of the Ken Loach. I know, I know, absolutely. Flipping hell, rain it in, Ken. Give us a superhero, son. Absolutely. I mean, that's why I was like, I'm off to see The Exorcist, but The Exorcist got such bad reviews. I was just like, you just knew it was going to be painful to get through. But um, but you've got this added added element. So you're quite right, stereotypical beginning in that sense. But then you've got everyone in the town is always just hooked on looking at YouTube videos about um, immigrants and um, coming into the country, refugees. Right. And it's really spiking like a very right wing kind of anger Mm -hmm. towards them. And then suddenly a coach appears and a group of um, people from Syria get off. And they're actually being given like housing, um, you know, uh, shelter in the actual community. And um, this obviously sparks a lot of anger within the actual people of the community. 
and there's a guy who's the landlord of the local pub called the old oak and the old oak used to be this really important pub when people have money and they could actually spend it on events and things in that vein but now it's just got a few locals coming in and um he's quite pro the um the asylum seekers and the people coming in and uh, but whereas the rest of the community just think it's appalling these people are coming into the country taking their jobs and what the problem appears that um the locals want to start an e- a group every evening in the pub where they discuss what's happening with Britain and how Britain's losing its way. And the pub landlord says, no, you can't do that. That sounds very toxic. But then he has like another group that puts a food bank together in the pub where they share recycled food and things in that vein. And um, the, um, the new refugees are invited to that and the community become very angry. It's almost like, oh, you've got put a group together for them but not for us type of thing. And then he bonds with a teenage girl who um, is a refugee that's come through through Syria. And it's about, you know, two communities that are going through problems. And um, just to let you know, David, um, DDD PPP, I'm quite literally on my way to see the old oak now. He's going there now. Literally on their way as yeah. we speak. So, just in case you give us a sense of the ending, just in case that person's listening or absolutely yeah. no spoilers whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. No but I mean, it's very much based in reality. Once again, most of the actors, a lot of like the main girl who's in it, she's only lived in Britain since 2018. She literally is once again a refugee, and um, most of them are. Uh, Perhaps actors that have done like amateur workshops. He gets, it's like Kez, do you know what I mean? You know, the classic from the seventies about the boy and the hawk that is his most well-known one. Um, you can tell that these, these people are real people. Hardly any of them are actual actors and you get a real feel of day to day monotony in life, but woven into a well put together narrative. I wouldn't. Yeah, sorry, go for it. No, go Let me on. go for it, sir. No, no, no. I, I wouldn't say it's up there with um, his other more recent films like I, Daniel Blake. Because I, Daniel Blake, yes, it had a social message, you know, very sort of left-wing perspective, and it made you think of things from that political viewpoint. But I, Daniel Blake, also worked as a very fiery, intense piece of storytelling. Do you know what I mean? It's like the political message was secondary to the actual kind of narrative there's quite a few moments in Daniel Blake where um, you're quite taken in. Yeah. Okay. What were you eating? Now, I wouldn't know how... It'd be very, uh, surely you've got to pick the right food for a Ken Loach film. Well, I was very restrained with my eating today. Well, yeah, this, I was like Space thing. Invaders or whatever they are. It seems a strange sweet to eat. So, yeah, what I food had, I, I had a very restrained time. I literally just brought in a uh, average size of Skittles and a Coke Zero. Simple as that, just kept it balanced. I feel like having a Ken Loach movie, you should be eating like a sandwich with granary bread or oh, something. absolutely. Homemade organic carrot cake. <laughs> yeah, and coffee from a flask, from a tea bag that you've used yeah. two times already. Well, that wouldn't be coffee, would it? No. But um, it's um, it's definitely, it's just, uh, it's, it's good old sensible um, plain biscuits, you know, from Tesco's. Chunky cheddar. Absolutely. A little bit of pickle. You know, like you're, you're um, in, in communist Russia type of thing. You just be, Everyone's been given the same Tupperware box. So there's no fighting or wrestling over the uh, the Maltesers. 
There's no like uh, Donald Trump eating caviar in the back seat. We're all just eating grey food united. Uh, KB has come up with a joke. Are you ready for it? Oh, I love a joke. A bit of a, a yeah, a bit of a so, giggler. So I want to see if it what impression it leaves on you. KB's come up with a joke on what we're talking about. Are you ready? I am always ready for some humour. Loached eggs. Love it. I'm amazed no one's even used that before. I can imagine that in a Guardian article. Spot on. Absolutely. That's a comedy assassin from the top balcony with a perfect telescope. So, so I get the feeling you had a nice little evening. Do you like watching movies with just with just a lighthouse keeper behind you eating Maltesers? I think you probably do, don't you? It's just your... I didn't even hear the Maltesers. I think he must have been sucking them like an anaconda on an egg. You know, just slowly sucking out the chocolate and then letting the uh, the honey crisp centre dissolve on his tongue. Yeah. It's like I'd, I'd entered his mouth then for a second, like I'm narrating his whole digestive system. Here's a big question. If you go with Ryan and the cinema is empty and you sit on the front row... Do you sit right next to one another or do you have a chair? Do you go, hey, let's have a bit of space here? No, sit next to each other. Yeah. A bit of camaraderie, a bit of unity. Yeah, I wouldn't like that, a gap between us type of thing. You know what I mean? It's like we're not on a date, obviously, but, you know, you're there to sort of, you know, have a sort of... Um, I think I'd take that a bit personally if you wanted a gap between us. I've never thought about it before. Well, I think if I went before. with someone, I'd go, let's just spread our legs a bit and just... Let's have a little bit of a breather. Yeah, I mean, there's there's thinking behind that. I mean, if you said that to me, I'd like a breather. I'd like to stretch my legs so I can allow my blood to move through my <laughs> legs with no issues. It's not social. It's biological. I would um, I'd meet him halfway with that. As long as I knew there was a reason for oh, it. Oh, exactly. You know? No, it's not to say. Uh, it's just to go, oh, do you know, I just want to oh, just do that. That's, that's fair enough. I've never thought about it, really. It's strange. Well, David... Now it's time for you to review Old Oak. If everyone in there, welcome everybody who's watching live on YouTube. Thanks for coming along. If you do want to watch live on YouTube, then please come to patreon.com and you can watch this uh, as it unfolds uh, in real time. So so if you could uh, put your guess what review David's going to give Old Oak um, and put it in the in the chat box. I'll do the same now. I think I've got I think I've got a good idea what you're going to give it, but you never quite know. Richard Bayliss has put his thoughts down. Um, I'm going to put mine. Jonathan Whitney, KB, very interesting. Okay, David. Uh, Ken Loach's new film, Old Oak. How many chalk ices out of five are you going to give it? I would give it three choc ices. Ooh. There you go. I gave it 3.5. Yeah. I was considering that. That was going through my head, definitely. That 0.5 was kind of like hmm. balancing in the background. But it's interesting that you've obviously got that from my sort of tone and body language, that I was on a three out of five mode. Richard Bayliss, 3.5. Jonathan Whitney, 3.5. KB, 3. Nicola Haddo, 3. Guy Anderson, 4. H.C. Musler, 3.5. Simon Williams, 4. Zoe, 3. Pete, 3. Stinkbits, 3.5. JG, 3. Beans McKenzie, 3.5. And Dave, 2. Oh, good grief. So, 3. 
Three. That's a that's a pretty good review, isn't it? Three. It's not bad. It's kind of like pedestrian Ken Loach. You know, it, it's it's well filmed. You know, it's it, it's always amazing what he does with the actors. It feels very real, very minimalist. But I would say um, things like I Daniel Blake, and also there's that Amazon film he did, whereby not set in the jungle, but it's about delivery men, and I've forgotten the title of it annoyingly. And um, the title was something like uh, You weren't here or something. It's so bad when I do this. Let me have sort of Ken Loach, a delivery man film. Um, it's really bad. Uh, Sorry, we missed you. And it was a man struggling to do these delivery jobs via these big tech companies like Amazon. And that was really effective because it was almost like um, it had the social realism quality, but it almost had like thriller. Um, tropes built into it because you know it's like is he able to meet the deadlines if he doesn't he's going to get sacked you know so it actually operated not just as this kind of um, political yarn but um, it had proper entertainment hooks and I'd say in places this was perhaps lacking that there's some great moments and there's some real likeable characters and they bond in the community there's a great moment where he takes the landlord takes the young girl to the local cathedral to show her you know like a a piece of British architecture and it reminds her of the religious temples in Syria so you know there's a lot of um, tender moments but um, I think I Daniel Blake and other more recent ones had more of a kind of um, intensity to it where it wasn't the political message was secondary to quite intense social realism drama well David thank you so much for this week's new movie review thank you sir thank you Thank you. Genuinely. Really? I think, yeah, I think I need to be genuine about that because I thought, don't, don't just be like a, a, t- a tape on a loop. No, thank I, me. I don't want to be like Truman from the Truman, Bur- Truman yeah, show. Yeah, just, just, just stuff for just noises coming out of it. Yeah, no care about what you say. Absolutely. Really? Like yeah. one of those. Thank you, David. Thank you, David, thank, for this week's thank, new movie review. Thank you. I don't want to be one of those mugs in the 80s what where you, you just pick them for? up. A platform to express my passion for cinema. Simple as that. Very clear on that one. I know what to be, have gratitude for. Thank you, David. Thank you, indeed. Absolutely. So, David, you got any movie news this week? Absolutely. Let's go on the old movie news thing. One thing that's interesting is that there's low, there's a whole, um, I was going to say pletitude. That's not a word. I just come up with that. Plethora? But, plethora. There is the word. That'd be quite a good name for a pop band or a rock band, I think. The plethora. Absolutely. Wow! Welcome to Plethora. Um, plethora of mayhem, mayhem, more like. Um, yeah, Armando Anucci has written um, the, a stage play for Doctor Strangelove. I mean, first of all, Armando Anucci. Where does Armando Anucci get the time to? Because I remember um, you, you know, in the realms of reality now. Uh, you did chat to him on Chatterbix, yeah. and um, he didn't even mention Doctor Strangelove. He mentioned he was doing that superhero Marvel satire for HBO. But Doctor Strangelove just sounds as though that's just a little hobby he's done in the background, and he's done a stage play of it. Steve Coogan appearing as Doctor Strangelove. 
Um, not Doctor Strange, the Marvel character. That would be bizarre. But um, that just sounds scrumptious. I mean, that just sounds incredible. The other one they're turning into a play is Minority Report. The other one is Paranormal Activity. And uh, Danny Boyle is still doing The Matrix as an opera. And it's not films, but... Um, Stranger Things, directed by the guy Steve Elliott, Stephen Elliott, who did, um, no, it's not Steve, Stephen Doffrey. I've got his name completely wrong. He's the director of The Hours, and Billy Elliott is directing the Stranger Things um, opera. Uh, it's not an opera, Stephen it's just a Daldry? Stephen Daldry. There you go. That is the man who's doing it. But, um, did you know, there was a, there's a fascinating stuff online, if you look at it, that, that there's been loads of failed film plays. You too wrote all the music for a Spider-Man no. Broadway what? show. Uh, yeah, and that completely died, and they were really near to opening it. And Lily Allen wrote the entire um, music for a Bridget Jones play, and that was uh, dumped one minute to midnight. And... Um, She's very irritated by that because she wrote that album, that, you know, all the music instead of doing a new album. So sometimes I don't come to fruition, but apparently these are. I guess it's just good synergy, isn't it? It gets a modern audience into place. If we, if if I said, look, I've written rewritten uh, Jaws for the theatre. I need you to sing the big showstopper at the end. How would it go? The Jaws big song at the end. So it'd be. Um, Bum 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 Here we go on a boat looking off in the distance Here it comes through the sea trying to kill me me it's gonna kill me me Bum 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 that's the sort of vibe it would be. And it would just be me on the raft. You know, when, um, uh, uh, I forgot the name, Brody, he's just in the raft with the gun. Here we go. Go. On the sea. sea. It's Look at me. Here it comes. Here it comes. To the sea. With his mouth. It's now. He's gonna eat me. 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 Oh yeah, definitely. The whole orchestra Everyone's like, fucking hell, this is good. Fucking hell. Me with a ripped shirt on the end of the boat, half emerged in the water. Me, like something out of Le Miserelle. Me, 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 me. But it's dinner time and it's and I'm the only one on the menu. Something like that. Yeah, yeah. Have they ever made Jaws into a... Oh, I was about to say, they blooming have, haven't they? And it's done very, very well. It's basically oh, all about the making of Jaws. What, the... Do you know the character who plays the... Um... Oh, you're bloody right, the shark is broken. Yes, and it's about the three actors, and it's about them discussing in between. Who is the main guy who's the shark killer? His son plays the fa- his father... And it's a well-known 70s actor. And uh, he wrote it as well. So you've got someone playing Richard Dreyfus, someone playing... Um, who's the guy who plays Brody? Well-known guy, also was in French Connection. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Um, Schneider, Schneider. Schneider, absolutely. Someone playing that. And someone playing the actual... Um, the chap who just uh, accidentally falls into Jaws' mouth and gets chomped on. 
The shark uh, is broken. Maybe I knew that at the back of my... And also, I'm pretty sure they've done another Jaws spin musical that's uh, premiered over the summer in Broadway. So it's done, it's, there's two of them out there. I meant to mention it with my list of plays. But they're quite established, those two. Yeah, it's supposed to be really good. It's all about the politics in between the um, the scenes. There's Spilbo doesn't appear in it, but he's referenced in the dialogue between the characters. Oh, well, I wouldn't mind having a little nose at that. Really? I mean, well, that's a... any more news, David? Are we, are we done? Yeah? I'll tell you one Happy other thing that? that looks interesting, but I'll be really quick, is um, because Amazon now own the James Bond rights because they bought MGM. Uh, they're spinning it off into other directions, although, although Barbara Broccoli, the producer, is quite hesitant. She's been quite open that she won't allow Amazon to go crazy with doing endless spin-offs. But they've managed to do one in collaboration with Barbara Broccoli. And it's a new reality TV show called 007 Road to a Million. It comes out in November, and Brian Cox plays a kind of either like a Bond M figure or villain. I'm not quite sure from the trailer. And average people are given the challenge to take on Bond scenarios. And if you keep on winning, you get a million pounds. Amazing. So there's one example in Casino Royale where Bond, Daniel Craig, has to like climb that crane, doesn't he, at the beginning, and then fight a man at the top. So um, you've got to climb the crane. There's one clip where it's, it's a couple in the library, and they're having to deal with a tarantula, or like something out of Doctor No. Sounds incredible. What's it called? Um, Road to, 007 Road to a Million, I believe. I may Road, have butchered that yeah, title. Road to that a one. Million. The other thing to be aware of is Michael Gammon passed away last week, so that's quite Gammon? shocking. Gammon. Gambon. Gambon. What a disaster. <laughs> what a butchery of names. Dear God. Well, at least he knows that he's got a good agent here, good publicity, and the marketing works How on David Edwards. How are we ever going to be taken seriously when you call him Michael Gammon? I, I don't know. Well, I don't think we are, are we? I think that's sort of in the stars now. Did you know Clint, Clint EastEnders is dead? Clint Eastwood. Oh, sorry. I wonder what was going on there. That was really quite a kind of... Um, the way you said that, it was like... Uh, I actually thought there was a Clint EastEnders sort of character. I was like, why are we going with this? Uh, Clint EastEnders. Have I called him Clint EastEnders in the past? Or <laughs> Thank you so much, David, for this week's movie news. Not at all. Not at all. Thank you for listening. And I do apologise to... Uh, the family of Gammon. Gammon family. Gammon family, yeah, quite right. David Edwards Movie Review. So, David, this week's movie review. Mandy, you picked a movie that Mandy had randomly chosen for you. You blindfoldedly picked a movie. What was that movie? I can't remember. It was Expendables 3. Oh, yes. Expendables 3. Now, my my thought when that came up was... You looked a bit gutted. I think you were kind of thank. You tried to show that you were thankful, but you did look a little bit. Oh, I've got to sit through that. Yeah, I guess it was just um, not gutted, but like, yeah, I'll give it a whirl. Do you know what I mean? It's not a McDonald's Big Mac. It's more like a Russell burger you put in the oven or the microwave. Do you know what I mean? But it'll do the job. 
you know what I mean? It's not like a five guys kind of classic Hawaiian double stacked up treat. Yeah. But yeah. Uh, there's worse. I mean, I've had worse things. What did I have before that one? I remember it being particularly bad. So I had context to view it through that it wasn't going to be a hellish two hours or whatever. Tell me about the Expendables. I've never seen one, two, three, four or whatever. What's it about? Basically, it's like a nostalgia fest in the sense that it's sly, bringing together lots of action uh, stars from the 80s during that hard body period. So you've got Jean-Claude Van Damme appears in one, Dolph Lundgren, Sylvester Stallone. So all these big kind of like uh, masculine, hyper-masculine stars of the 80s and also early 90s come together. It's almost like the A-team. They're like these sort of ex-military guys who come together who are given these um extreme missions so it's a bit like dirty dozen um 18 or seven samurai it's got that vibe as well where they help a community or they take on these kind of um uh you know kind of uh, uh villainous figures that are exploiting society in some way now you you said to me once that when people watch movies they're watching the film but they're also watching the actor in the film Am I right in saying? So you're watching a Tom Cruise movie, but you're going, that's Tom Cruise. I like Tom Cruise. I'm watching Tom Cruise play a man. 100%. Are you are you constantly thinking that through The Expendables? Are you constantly thinking that character is Arnold? I'm watching Arnold. Arnold, 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 Arnold. And I think out of all the characters that appear, Schwarzenegger appears in this one, the third one. And I think of all of them, Schwarzenegger plays that card too much whereby he's just playing a parody of himself. So every time he shouts in his kind of Austrian accent, you know, let's get to the job, you know, and stuff like that. He makes references to his other films. It's a completely self-aware postmodern performance, and it's too much. You just don't take it real. And um, if he had a brief cameo in the film, he's on the screen too much not to have in any way a, a, a rooted character. It goes too far with it in that sense. Is Stallone behind all, all of this? Yes, massively. He wrote and directed the first one. Uh, he didn't direct this one, but he has a hand in writing it and producing it. He's very much the um, the steerer of the ship. It's his franchise. He came up with that. Okay, let's have a little listen to a bit of Expendables 3. Barney! <laughs> Come on! 
can't hear you, pal! I'm gonna kill you! <laughs> Alright, I'm sorry! Hold me up, you idiot! Don't pull them up! <laughs> so, you sat down, you watched it, with a heavy heart? I wouldn't say a heavy heart. No, it was just like a, um, it, just an element of, uh, you know, it's kind of like. Um, what sort of food would you relate it to if you sat down at a table? I was about to say that, really. It was kind of like um, a sensible Kit Kat instead of like a white chocolate lion bar. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? It's like a special offer, kind of like amazing, not, you know, one of those chocolates that come out only for a month and then they're going to be gone it's out of the fridge and you just can't get can't wait to get your bloody teeth around and get your taste buds uh, sucking on those sweet juices some of a thing but this was a sensible kit kat and it came from a tupperware box packed by mother it wasn't fresh from the fridge it's going to do the job you're hungry you know it's Someone not like here. guy anderson said david went through the motions Absolutely. Sylvester's Lonely. But then again, some people like the motions. The fourth one came out um, a few weeks ago. It didn't get very good reviews, and it did back pull at the box office. So I think Expendables has lost its momentum. But this third one did particularly well, actually. So I just in, a, in, a, in a quick mouthful, what's it about, this uh, Expendables 3? This third one, um, he's got like a younger team around him, but the older crew get involved as well because there's like an IT tech element and the villain of the piece is an old Expendables from Sylvester Stallone's past. And I wasn't aware of this. Um, it's Mel Gibson. I did not know Mel Gibson was in it. And he actually gives a very good performance. He doesn't rein it in. He focuses on a character. I mean, he one... does rein it in. Um, or he, he does rein it in, Sorry quite right it's good that you said that because i'm contradicting myself he does rein it in and he's a lot more believable and it does show that he, um he wasn't just a movie star action hero he's got acting chops and there's one moment where they capture him and he does a monologue in the back of a van um about his past with the expendables you know why he went a different route and it's not Macbeth, but he certainly raises the game for everyone else there's harrison in it harrison ford is definitely in it how did that um, feel um, he's in there very briefly, and um, I would say Mel Gibson's impressive. Schwarzenegger just goes too far into the self-aware japery, and Harrison Ford is that nice, neat middle ground. He's not in there loads. Do you love him? Um, I would say. Would you do? Would you say I love Harrison Ford? I would say 80s Harrison Ford. If there's a time machine and I could go back to him in his mid-40s, 80s Harrison Ford, yes. Not Harrison Ford today because he's a bit of a grumpy old chap. Right, here's an experiment. David, oh my God, we've, we're recording live. I'm on Google. David, oh my God, Harrison Ford's died. What are you feeling? Yeah, I don't. Do you know what? I think I'd only know when that actually happens because as you said that, I was like, they're definitely, I think I would definitely go for a nostalgia contemplation mode. You know, the first time He's I watched gone. his films, He's the gone. food for thought. Yeah, He's definitely. Gone. The hero's gone. The hero's dead. 
yeah, it definitely would hit a button. It would definitely go through my... It wouldn't be something I'd just forget about. I'd selfishly see it through my own lens of, like, you know, my relationship to him, where I was with certain places. But, yeah, I think um, he's definitely a man that's part of, like, pop culture mythology, isn't he? I think you don't know until it happens, really. It's like, when you when you see a celebrity, sometimes it's more just an eye-opening element that, yeah, they're just a normal person. Other times, you're quite um, starstruck. You don't know what, what the what the actual reaction's going to be. But I think it would be something that I'd carry through my head for the rest of the day. That's the end of an era. More than that. More than that. Probably I th- so. Probably I think so. It, I think it'll pull the rug from under your feet. I don't know. I, I don't know. I've got a couple of people in my... I've got a couple of people in my life when they go, I think, Jesus Christ. Who would you say they are? Who are they? Keep it under the bonnet. Keep it to yourself. <laughs> Never you mind, Mr. Edwards. Tapping the old nose there. Never you mind. So, David, it's time to review Expendables 3. If people in the um, uh, comment box could uh, have a guess at what David's going to give it. I'm going to have a guess. I'm trying to think. I'm trying to think where you're going to go with this. I think, I think, I think I've got a good idea, but you never know. You can surprise me. Um, I, don't, I don't even get that. How many sittings? Actually, don't tell me. Tell me the sittings afterwards. Pete's had a guess. Guy's had a guess. Dave's had a guess. Moosler's had a guess. DJ Swad's had a, had a guess. So Sam Paul. And KB and Amy. David, over to you. How many chalk ices out of five are you going to give Expendables 3? Two point five. Ooh. Oh, there you go, sir. There you there you go. I gave it there two. It, two. It's that point five. Maybe I should get rid of the we, we should maybe get rid of the point fives. No, I like the point fives. Two point five. So it, you quite enjoyed it then. They had some fun moments. Fun moments. I thought Harrison Falk was, um, it was nice to see him. That probably added the point five, being a fan. But then again, when he's in the helicopter at one point, there's one surreal moment where it's like Harrison Ford's flying the helicopter and Arnold Schwarzenegger is in the back of the helicopter firing a machine gun. And it's quite surreal seeing them together. Is it, is it enjoyable seeing them together? Seeing all these? It's enjoyable in a kind of circus manner. It's not a, an actual world that you can merge into and get lost in. Do you know what I mean? It's, it's a complete c- celebrity circus. I think it shows the um, the acting chops of Harrison Ford and Mel Gibson that they can kind of, you know, in, in amongst all the craziness, they can still be quite a believable character, execute the dialogue quite well. Although when he's in the helicopter, Harrison Ford, there's a lot of close-ups where you know that he wasn't filming with Arnie. And they just got him on his day off. It's just like, you know, very clear, that case. Well, David, thank you so much for this week's movie review. Thank you. Indeed. Thank you for listening, people. David Edwards Movie Tips. So, David, have you got a movie tip for this week? Yeah, I tell you, it's a good recommendation. Martin Scorsese's obviously got his new film coming out. Yeah, when's that out? That's out mid-October. Oh, I can't wait for you. Well, that's is that next week? 
I don't think it is next week. Next I'll have week, a, I'll have a look now. Go on. I think it's yeah. it's 20-something, so okay. I think it's like maybe late October, not quite mid, but it's um, uh, The Killer Moon, and basically um, he did a big article. 18th. In, so is that, is that next week? No, it's not quite. No, it's not next week. It'll be the week after. When it's a big film, bizarrely, they bring it out not on a Friday, but on a Wednesday. So it gains good talk, um, you know, um, uh, word of mouth, good word of mouth as you get to the weekend. That means they're very confident about the movie. It's, it's got very good reviews and went down well in the festivals. I can't wait for you to review that. I cannot wait. It does. It, it certainly looks good. They did a GQ article um, with him with a well-known writer called um, Zach... Baron, and um, he's a well-known journalist. And it's like a lot of these articles, when they're very revealing, it's quoted a lot and turns into clickbait on the internet. And I was like, well, I'll check this out. And it's a very revealing article. He's like turning 81, or he has turned 81, or he's going to. And it's definitely a man who's getting ready for, this is the last chapter of his life looking back on hollywood it's a very interesting article why, indeed why, why what do you what did you well, he says very much kind of like um he thinks he's only got one or two films in him if he's lucky um how some interesting things revealed to me things like i didn't realize he'd been married five times this is his fifth wife she's got parkinson's so it's very much about him dealing and helping her with that he hardly goes to LA anymore. The only t- reason he goes to LA is to visit DiCaprio. So they obviously have a genuine strong bond there. Um, and there's lots of things. I think he talks a lot about um, never quite getting, he always thinks that um, he'll sort himself out on some level. He'll have an epiphany and he'll be able to sort out his anxieties or, um, you know, feelings of anger towards people. But he's realized that he's 81 and he never really got to iron out any of his problems. And he's almost saying that you just got to be at peace with being you and not so much adding new things to your life, but letting go of things. It's almost quite a Buddhist outlook he seems to have on, on is there, life is there now. Is anything else that he said? I'm quite enjoying this section. Yeah, he talks a lot about many a time that I was unaware of, he'd actually given up on filmmaking and said that's enough because he's had such bad situations with the studio, even during periods where I thought he was in a very comfortable position. Like, for instance, Avatar, Avatar, Aviator with DiCaprio, he was given final cut by the studio. And there was an element whereby, you know, right, you can edit whatever you want, DiCaprio's in it. And um, the studio didn't feel that his cut was, um, his version of the film, the way it was being produced, was uh, commercial enough. But he said, no, you've given me final edit. I'm going to do what I want. So they just took the whole budget away from him. So he couldn't film those scenes in the first place. So he had to come up with half a million of his own money to finish the film. And at that point, he was just like, I'm not making another movie again. But then he got sucked in and he did The Departed. And um, they wanted one of the characters in The Departed to die so they could turn it into a franchise. And he was like, even though I'm a big director, I've never been given, I'm always having to deal with the money men all the time. And I was quite amazed. I thought at that point of his career, he was just given carte blanche, but still having to really deal with toxic studio pressure. So, uh, David, um, we've got, imagine we've got Martin Scorsese with us now. 
And Professor Charkins, the uh, snobby film critic, is allowed to ask him one question. What question would Professor Charkins ask Martin Scorsese? Ah, nice to meet you, Professor Charkins. I've only got three minutes. Why do you want to know? Can I just say that um, you are part of, you know, Trump talks about the 1%, you are the 0.2%. I understand, I understand. You know, my heart is beating in time with the clock that we, we, we have together. Which, uh, I, I would just say, uh, as an artist, I don't really know, but, you know, as, as a genuine artist of the silver screen, you know, what, uh, what advice can you give the new generation so we are artists and not mere manufacturers of Marvel dribble? How, how, how do we need to charter the cinematic yacht? down the Scorsese Valley of art and, and, and not be distracted by this hideous McDonaldization of the art form you and I, and perhaps only you and I, go to bed and dream about. You know, uh, get, before you die and you leave this earth, which I know is very soon, tell us something, whisper into my mortal ear so I can pass it on to the world on my blog and podcast uh, what the next step is. I could write a book about it. You know, what is the Scorsese code? Thank you, David. No, not a problem. <laughs> not, not a problem at all. Imagine hearing that. Cool, you're 81 years old. Becky Miss says Professor Charkins is a knob. <laughs> Unfortunately, so it does seem like that's a recurring theme. With this particular uh, persona. <laughs> I like Chark. No, do I like Charkins? No. Actually, I would like to hang out. I'd like to watch Charkins from about 20, 20 yards away. Sort of fly on the wall documentary yeah. vibe. Yeah. Thank you, David, for this week's movie tips. Thank you. Thank you. David Edwards, Random Movie Generator. So, David, it's a random... Oh, sorry. Hello, Mandy. I've got a sore throat. Oh, she's got a sore throat. It hurts. Oh, dear. Goodness me, that's not good. I've got a cold sore. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's almost um, physically impossible for a robot to have a cold sore. For, for a, um, I don't think an actual robot can get any actual germs. I don't think they have a biological system. They only have, like, a motherboard. I don't want to ruin things, but I think that's almost... She just said, uh, what do you know? A lot about robots. Because I nearly dated one before she turned her bloody back on me for a Hoover. And I thought I'd better do some research for date two, which never happened. So robots can't get herpes? They cannot get herpes. They can go absolutely clicking, you know, blood like clappers. She just said, what's this then by my mouth? That is a bit of smear ketchup. And someone put some food in your mouth to cook it. Simple as that. Some smeared relish or some kind of you've been used to cook some food or something. Okay, David. So, so this is this is <laughs> this is the moment where you have to uh, pick a movie with your eyes closed. Um, Mandy comes up with three movies, and uh, whatever movie you pick, you review for next 
week. So, Wonderful are stuff. you ready? Absolutely, sir. Have we ever found you a movie that you're genuinely excited about? Oh, I Hurt think Locker? so. Hurt Locker? Or yeah, I remember Hurt Locker. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think I think we have. I and mean, there must be some in the past where I've gone off skipping into the uh, into the film distance. Okay, let's find the genre of the first movie that you might be reviewing next week. Over to you. Tell Mandy when to stop. Stop. Action. Wonderful. And now the decade, please. Stop. 2010s. Wowzers. That'll be interesting. Mandy, please generate four action movies from the 2010s. She has done. She's got them in her body. She's spinning them around, and now it's time for you to tell her when to stop spinning. Stop. American Made. Starring Tom Cruise. American Made. Oh, that's a drug film made by Doug Lyman. I have never seen that. That is interesting. Donald Gleason. That's Tom an Cruise. interesting one in the sense that, yeah, it's about him. He's a cocaine dealer. Have you seen it? Uh, I haven't. I oh. would say that's the last one Tom Cruise did where it was a character piece. Right. And it wasn't just linked to a franchise and it wasn't just this big, hefty cinematic experience where he's just doing his own stunts. Well, that's, that's exciting. That's exciting. Leaping off a bridge. Yeah, yeah, that is interesting. It's Doug Lyman, the guy who directed um, uh, Born Identity. Okay, right. Jumper. Let's choose the second movie that you might be reviewing next week. Let's pick the genre of that second when movie. When you said made, I, I had a vision of a made, oh, as in like a literal right. made. I was like, how's right. that an action film? Sounds like a Jennifer Lopez movie. Um, yeah, sorry, let's go for it. Stop. Mystery. Wonderful. And the decorator, the decade, not the decorator, the decade of that mystery movie, please. Stop. 2000s. Ooh, mystery in the noughties. Please, Mandy, choose four mystery movies from the noughties. She has, she's picked four, she's spinning them around in her body, and it's time for you to tell her when to stop spinning. Stop. Secret Window. Secret oh, that's Window. Johnny Depp, yeah. David Coep film. Yeah. Yes, that is interesting. It's about an author, isn't it? I've Secret? never seen that. That's oh. So we got a couple of good movies here, potentially. Yeah, David Coep wrote and directed that, and it's Johnny Depp, isn't it? It's an author living on his own. It's almost like a Stephen King-esque piece. He's like living on his own in a... Um, okay. In, in, in like a, he's trying to write his new book in a secluded log cabin. I haven't seen it. So let's choose the genre of the third movie that you These might be reviewing next week. Stop. Documentary. Okay, I do like a docu. And now let's choose the decade of the documentary, please. 
stop. Two thousands. Lovely. Let's generate four documentaries from the two thousands. David, Mandy has generated four movies, four documentary movies from the two thousands, and it's up to you to tell her when to stop. Stop. Jackass the movie. Wow, that would be very interesting to watch again. Jackass the movie. Jackass the movie. Wonderful stuff. It's ages since I've watched Jackass. Absolutely. Uh, okay, David, so you've got American Made, Secret Window, and Jackass the movie. Any of those so, I could go with quite happily. I've given each movie an A, a B, and a C. I've jumbled them up. Have I? I might actually be tricking you here. Who knows? Do you think I'm tricking you? Or do you think I'm jumbling them up? I'm going to go for jumbling them up. There we go. Okay, David. So it's you. Which movie are you going to be reviewing next week? Is it going to be A, B or C? American Made. Ooh, Doug Liman and Tom Cruise. Um, <laughs> Lovely stuff. How do you feel? More than happy with that. More than happy. I think it's on Netflix now, actually. I think it's just popped up. I think it's easy to stream and everything. Sit so this, back. Is, this is just a nice little movie to watch, Oh, isn't it's it? an absolute... And I do like Cruise. And as I say, it's, I think it's the last time he's done, like, an original idea... Base, like a character piece that he was kind of remembered for in the 80s because he wasn't an action hero before the Mission Impossible franchise in the 90s right you know what I mean he was very much just like cocktail wasn't it and things like that and DJ, business. DJ Swad says yep very good oh he's seen it has he wow I mean I never like influencing you but DJ Swad said yep very good I enjoyed well, that it's a good director as well Doug Lyman's a director that uh, Cruz is hoping to make his space movie with with Universal Studios right where they're actually going to go out into space literally and film it well David I've got to shoot off to footy um, so again sorry patrons for that but we will do a we could just do a, like a one off uh, quesi one, one evening for half hour a quesi quizzy app um but thank you very much david for uh this this week's uh, random movie generator thank you everyone for joining us i look forward to do you ever these movies do you ever if you get a good one do you ever just go i'm gonna watch that on a saturday night oh god yeah absolutely yeah, yeah bloody right yeah gosh absolutely yeah. i'll happily watch this whenever yeah. type of thing yeah god Lovely. this is um because it's uh it's almost gone perfectly. Or you just said, you know, do you ever get a good movie? Well, this one's good. And it's starting to tick off the old Tom Cruise filmography. Do you know well, what I mean? Go on, go on. I'm amazed I haven't watched it. And I'm suddenly thinking, no, you didn't make the effort to watch it. And that's why he hasn't made another film like this. He's just done another Mission Impossible film. Well, thank you, David, for this week's Random Movie Generator. And thank you, everyone, for listening and uploading. And if you like the movie, uh, the, mo- the podcast, please like and subscribe. Please. We're on Instagram. Please, please. 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 No, we genuinely, put, yes. Yeah, yeah. No, genuinely, please. I sort of woke up to that. I was just yeah. like, yeah, yes. And, actually, and fact, we do videos, in, little videos uh, on Instagram, funny, funny little clippies. So if, yeah, please absolutely. come up to it. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you very much, David. Have a lovely weekend. Thank you, everyone, for watching. 
uh, and we'll see you next weekend and we will get some Patreon quizzes in we will yeah, indeed 100% 100% Goes thank you everyone cheers album. David enjoy the football yes. and Cyril salute yes Cyril salute bye bye everyone bye bye take bye-bye. care bye-bye. and I'll, I'll get that video to you definitely yes. absolutely 100% bye bye Random movie.